One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about dreams, and not the kind that are your hopes and dreams, but your literal dreams while you're sleepy, sleepy. We're going to talk about why you have them, what they actually mean, and what's going on inside that little brain of yours. I don't know why I'm Whoa, talking drag like Drag them off. I'm trying. I'm trying a new voice. <laughs> drag them off with the little brains. I meant, you know, little cute little brains is what I meant. I didn't mean like a little brain. Little things can do big things, you know? So <laughs> just little doesn't mean bad, okay? I wasn't insulting our listeners. And like our penis episode, it's not about the size. It's about the motion of the ocean. Yeah, it's the way you use it. It's the way you slam it in and Which you pull is, it out. So okay. true of the brain, the way you use it. Oh, not the slam it out. <laughs> I'm kind of like, what am I doing? Why am I saying that? This is disgusting. We're trying on different voices, okay? This podcast is a chance for us, especially me, as the non-comic, to experiment with my voice. Wow. Oh, my God. Someone's been reading some sort of book or something. <laughs> What? Some sort of Oprah evolve your voice book or something. Now I'm like, what am I? What was that? that yeah, was I think you're experimenting too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, doing a podcast is insane. Like you just like I was like, okay, Mitch, here we go. I press it, and then you're like, it's the brain. Like it's like you have to kind of like turn it on. The beginning is always awkward because it is sort of performative. Yeah, it's sort of you know now you're on. Literally, there's a button that goes red once we start recording, and the little music goes, and then I'm like, hey, now I gotta get this really succinctly so everyone knows. We're gonna have a good but, time. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tune in next week. We're gonna try it again, and we're gonna like hit Lazy. the button, and I'm gonna look at you, and I'm gonna be like, like say it like, <laughs> like very placid, as if like, you were ordering a coffee. We're um, talking about whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you've been on Big Brother, so you, it's, it's like a testimonial Big Brother energy. They're like, and then he came up to me, and I said, "You better get off, or you're H O H," or something like that. And then they go, "Actually, could you say it again?" And then you've said it ten times by the time yeah. they like use that take, and you're like, "Of course, that doesn't sound natural." Yeah, and you're, it's like we're yeah. Anyway, so that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, we were just talking about time and schedules right before we got on. Yeah, I love a, ske- um, a schedule. If you're crazy and you want to call it that, I love a schedule. Do people? I think British people say schedule, right? And they also spell tire with a Y in Britain. <laughs> I yep. thought that was Australian. Oh, well, I mean, you know. Maybe. You never know. Like Australia, colonies. Britain. They're, they're, they're colonies <laughs> and that's Canada. We're the quirky outliers. <laughs> or we're just so American. But I wrote tire on uh, the whiteboard once when I was teaching with an I. And everyone was like, you spelled wrong, sir. It's a Y. And I was like, shut up, you dumb kids. Okay. You're you're pulling my You're taking the mick. And then it turned out I was actually wrong. And it's spelled with a Y. It's so weird to see it with a Y. 
I mean, I guess that makes tire. Like fire festival. Oh, <laughs> but also fire is spelled with an I normally. So ja Rule it can be either way. So cool. He was like fire festival. I saw someone describe the Ontario vaccine rollout as fire festival. Oh no. And then they were like showing the pictures of the sandwiches. Like yeah. it was like everyone gets this when they get the vaccine. Oh no. Oh, so brutal. But back to time. I have a much more fluid sense of like scheduling and timing and you like to be very diligent about your schedule. So we were having a bit of a thing before this because I, Greg had chosen a time and then when that time came, I was like, yeah, well, I'm just going to have a little bit of a break and a lay down and see what happens. Yeah. And, and then, then I got to take a little phone call. Yeah. Then my dad called and I was like, oh, we're going to talk to my dad now. Uh, and so- Which is like. Fine, but it's so funny just because I'm such a different person where like it gives me so much anxiety the whole time. I'm just like, and it's sad because maybe if my dad called, I'd be like, well, actually, we'll call you back later because I'm busy. But it's like, I'm not technically busy. I could do this later. I love how you're like, which is fine, except it's psycho. Well, I Um, think people can fall into and relate to both and mm -hmm. might identify as one or the other. And I, I schedules make me feel less anxious, Mm -hmm. whereas I don't know. Do they make you feel more anxious? I think they definitely help me. I've learned over time I don't like the idea of schedules, but I tend to be happier when there is some sense of structure. So mm-hmm. I don't like, I, I don't love having to feel like there's so much that has to fit in my day. But I do find if I don't have any structure and no schedule, my day can go by and be wasted and then I feel unhappy. Oh, you see, that is my worst nightmare. But <laughs> so for me, there's probably some happy medium where like I get overwhelmed when I look at our calendar sometimes and it's like every hour there's something oh, that different. Makes me horny. <laughs> <laughs> it just I love the idea of and we kind of laugh about this sometimes because it, I'd say on the surface you're more What's the word? Like spontaneous, spontaneous okay, as yeah. a human energy. But I yeah. think maybe I am a little more spontaneous in that I just kind of wait to see. Like, you'll always be like, what's your plan today? And I'll be like, I actually haven't decided yet. And then I literally look away <laughs> and I'm like, well, he's psycho. And then I go back and I'm like, well, I have cleaned it. But like, like I, fact, I factor in like like a rest. Like, like a rest? I, oh, like, a rest. I'll, I'll literally put on my notes like 20 minutes of like, I don't know. No, that's do what psychotic. you want. No, but, that, but because then I, but then I don't get out of control. And then it's, no, it is psychotic. I have my lists on lists on lists. And I also love sometimes like when i get my list started at like 11 a.m and, and like maybe i've already gone on a run and maybe mm. i've already brushed my teeth or something and i'm like that's on your list <laughs> brush teeth well x put on deodorant x and i'm just like list list oh like i'll like, even gosh. retroactively feel like i love the ticking of a box yeah it is satisfying for sure lists are useful i use lists but much more like oh we'll see when i get to that but it's on my list and, and very much my weekends are like, I would rather get there and then figure out what I'm feeling like. I, maybe we've talked about this in therapy, how I like tend to feel like I have to be, maybe I'm less in tune with it or more in tune with it. I'm not sure, but in the moment I need to feel what I want. So if it's days ahead, I don't know what I'm going to feel like on Friday. So Mm. I wait till Friday to be like, what do I feel like today? And then I make my plan. Whereas I've never thought about what I feel like ever. (laughs) You don't feel. I'm just like, wait, what do you mean? What do I feel like? It says on the schedule that we should be doing the podcast. And now and now we're 45 minutes late and all I feel is anxiety. Oh my God, no, that's exciting for you. You could just put in your calendar, feel happy. And then you'd be like, oh, I gotta oh, feel, feel happy, happy now. <laughs> would that work for you? I'm like putting like a little, like tick the <laughs> box, 20 minutes of feeling happy. No, that would not. I, would, I feel like I would go so south. I would, I would just like <laughs> stare at a wall and be like, so this all ends. 
What is thine consciousness? <laughs> okay, let's get into what did we learn before uh, we go okay. off and this episode becomes about schedules. Oh, what did we learn this week? Um, mine is about cognitive empathy. Today. Okay. Yeah, that that relates. Does it? I don't oh, know. I, I kind of oh, thought I, it was. So like you, did, you were doing the voice oh. thing where I was like, I was like, <laughs> oh, he's, I was like, he's doing something that's making me be like, oh, it's a reference to what was just said. But no, that was just like the intro of like, this is it. Yeah, the it's cognitive. a new section, and I'm like, okay, hi, it, there's no natural way to just start talking about something different without getting there. Okay, right? okay, do it, do it, do it, do it. Okay, do it again. Do it again, as if like, as if like, there's not a crazy microphone in front of our mouth right now, <laughs> and a camera, and a freaking circle light, and we're sitting and here. Computer. And we have like a glass of wine and it's Friday and you're like, okay, it would be like, it'd be like, oh, I, I read a really cool study about cognitive empathy the other day. Do you want me to tell you about it? I'm just like, I would be like, I would, I don't know what, maybe it's just because of the thought, but in my head, I think I might be like, are you talking? No, 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 that, no, you would say that. You would no, say I'd, that. I, like it would be hard to bring up. That's what I'm saying. No matter what, it's unnatural to bring up something you've planned to bring up. Yeah. Because most things when you speak extemporaneously, love that word, Holy by the way, shit, that was um, big. is that you just say the things that come into your mind and they come okay. out. Whereas okay. this is on a notepad I've written. So yeah. I have to find yeah. a way to say it. And so it's kind of a performative style to say it in a certain way. So you know I'm not being absolutely insane by bringing this up and changing the subject. Okay, wow. Okay, 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 okay. No, that, that one was good. That one was good. I think that was on me. That was on me. Um, Which, interestingly, is related to my study because cognitive empathy, if you don't know, is the ability to take the perspective of another individual and consider their experience of the world, okay, right? Yes. So so for you to have cognitive empathy in that moment would be to like see what I was seeing and why I'm performing it that yeah. way. But that's like a very complex form of cognitive Yeah, empathy. or when you're like, I don't know, I could just take or leave doing the podcast at two. And I'm like, how do I cognitive empathize with that one? Totally. I think that is one of the biggest things. And watching that show, uh, Couples Therapy, you realize the hardest thing about being in a couple and part of therapy is to force you to actively see the other person's perspective. Yeah. And that can totally change everything, but everyone wants their partner to see how they They're, feel. So, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you want to be seen first before you're willing yeah. to open up and see another person. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so this yeah. study was looking at at what age does cognitive empathy develop okay. in humans? So I have a little experiment I'm going to explain to you and we're going to see what stage of development you're at. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm using my name and another person's name for this example. Okay, oh my god, so I'm panicking. Two, I'm like, it's people. a pop quiz! So, Mitch comes in and puts a sandwich down on a chest and then walks away. A chest? Away. Like a peck? Like hot peck? In this scenario, it's with kids, so it's literally a treasure chest. Okay. But just so, just picture it. Not, like, not like a busty bosom. <laughs> no, they literally... Oh my god. <laughs> when I wrote chest, I was actually picturing like a dresser. Like a chest. Yeah, okay. And, I, was, or this, not, I was literally picturing a couple hot... <laughs> Bouncing titties. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so my sandwich, or sorry, Mitch's sandwich then gets blown off the chest by wind. Okay, sorry. Okay. Not then tits, not Sam tits. comes and places their sandwich on the chest exactly where Mitch had placed his. Okay. So Sam walks away yeah. and Mitch walks back. Yeah. Which sandwich will Mitch take? Does he know it was blown off? He left the room. No, he would just take the sandwich. On the chest. Exactly. Okay. So, because yeah, he doesn't see the one on the ground. So, that is you understanding the idea and concept of false beliefs. And this relates to cognitive empathy. So, a three year old okay. does not understand that if he knows something or she knows something, like yeah. that Mitch doesn't know it. 
So a three-year-old thinks Mitch should know his sandwich is on the ground. So when Mitch takes that sandwich, he's like, Mitch stole the sandwich. Literally, the three-year-old goes, you're mean. You stole the sandwich. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> That's so cute. I know. He, hey, Mom, he took that guy's sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that was what was happening in the study. So then at five years old, you can start to understand. So it's between three and four that you begin to develop cognitive empathy. Five years old, they do understand that Mitch will think his sandwich is on the chest, even though it's not. So they get it. They get it. But like the three-year-old, they still think it's mean that Mitch stole the sandwich. Okay, so that, that's when it's like, okay, you're You're, you're like in the middle yeah, of development. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, kid, like pick a side. <laughs> like hun. you're dumb. You need that free, <laughs> prefrontal cortex to grow. Yeah. Your three-year-old self was honestly like cuter. <laughs> yeah, because it was just totally oblivious. It's like, oh, so you get it, but you don't even know how to deal that's, with it. It's so that age when a kid's like, I understand. And you're like, no, you would actually don't. <laughs> yeah, you know what, little five-year-old? I'm saying this to you as a 32-year-old man. You don't get it babe uh so then it's only at age seven so you pass the test greg by the way at age seven that they understand mitch can't be held responsible for what he didn't know and often a seven-year-old's response will be the wind will should get in trouble it's the wind's fault oh wait (laughs) okay the seven-year-old would blame thine wind (laughs) truly sincerely (laughs) um but i just thought that was really interesting uh the stages of development to realize oh yeah we're not just like when we're young, we don't we're understand <laughs> that other people are different than us. Yeah. And their yeah. perception of the world is different than yeah. us. Yeah, no, that's true. Like hanging out with my nephew. Oh my god, I love him so much. I can squeeze his own body. <laughs> I love him. Um I just whoa, that was crazy. It's crazy. Um <laughs> like I see that. It's so cute. It's just like constantly just like, wait what like grappling mm-hmm. with the fact that like everyone else is thinking different things like it's so interesting it's honestly so cute it is really cute he's yeah. about three so dumbass probably thought the guy <laughs> stole it <laughs> yeah you'll see that change in him soon yes i can't wait to play this out to put sandwiches on on chests and push them all over and see <laughs> except you're putting them on like out. chests <laughs> wait. greg's obsessed with chests you were saying titties oh okay because you were just kept saying chests over and over i'm like which one we talking <laughs> well pecs yours your favorite is okay. like pecs and pecs titties. and titties the nipple dines okay <sighs> my uh what do we learn this week is about potent potables Ooh, do you know what those are well i do because i think it was your dad that introduced us to that phrase right and also a jeopardy category oh potent okay but then you realized your dad says that yeah and okay. whenever he said it i was like always oh, like like what, what are you talking about <laughs> it means alcohol so uh, will you explain to the lovely listeners you're doing it, it. <laughs> <laughs> me. you just did it for me because i'm acknowledging the listeners and i have to put on a different voice yeah. when i want to it's differentiate kind of like you're like a magician or something <laughs> you know what i mean like i've actually never seen a magic show so i don't know where that came from but there's something with the like like the like waving of the handkerchief and like and then that's what we will see it's performative yeah, yeah. and it's also a denotation of okay. when we're having a conversation yeah. and when i'm acknowledging that other people You're are listening watched. to our Listened. conversation yes or watching depending on what they're doing right now. i find this all fascinating hopefully people listening aren't like what the hell <laughs> are they like are they having a stroke okay <laughs> So 10 million years ago... In oh, an- potent potables is alcohol. You said that, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, did, I did. Oh, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> like, what is a potent potable? Okay. This is about how we process alcohol and a shift that happened 10, mil- 10 million years ago. Yeah, you know, there's the wow. timeline that we're looking at here, which 
I love science for these timelines, but they also freak me out because it's like, well, our short lives are meaningless. <laughs> but uh, we sincerely, had a, sincerely, <laughs> but we had a common ancestor with bonobos and chimps. So you you can't really picture anything that really looks like a human. It's a common ancestor that right. ten million years ago had a mutation in alcohol dehydrogenase, which is the enzyme that metabolizes alcohol in us right now. Mm. And what that mutation did was actually made that enzyme forty times quote unquote better at metabolizing alcohol and therefore alcohol and fermented fruit became an energy source. So it's like, why would that ever be advantageous? Well, Mm -hmm. 10 million years ago is around the time when our common ancestors stopped living in trees and started to explore living life on the ground and therefore fermenting fruit. Needed to get drunk. They were like, this place sucks down here. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, well, yeah, they were coping with the sadness. Also, they probably could be drunk because if you're up in the trees and you fall, that's dangerous. Death. Okay, well, there, as an evolutionary biologist, you should write that one down, get your PhD, (laughs) boom, U of T, you got your scholarship. But um, (laughs) that's actually a very good point. But what they were saying was more that there would now be fermenting fruits on the ground from all these trees that Mm -hmm. are now an energy source that they can have. It's a a dietary niche that they now get to like exploit exploit because they're no it's not poisoning them the way it was but this mutation they they get drunk yes but they're no longer getting poisoned it's actually an active energy source hence when we it. drink alcohol we get drunk but as if you calories calorie count yeah. it's a lot of like energy that's so interesting yeah. so before so they we would, kept it. before they would feel sick and potentially if you ate too much like die, die. or something yeah and now they can eat it it's nothing to do with the part of getting drunk it's just an exploiting yeah. of, of, food. of, ener- of wow. energy so it's but th- that's why the uh, mutation and the way that evolutionary biology works like what stayed and was advantageous and then is this is pre-culture where now we actually just like use yeast. pre-culture sorry pre-culture of <laughs> this alcohol. is before the culture <laughs> but everyone. i mean like that's an interesting <laughs> question what is culture but it's like this is pre us actually actively using yeast to ferment fruits for our enjoyment of alcohol to get drunk you know okay. what i mean this was actually them being like just sweet. natural now fermentation I have, now i can eat these rotten fruits and not die okay yes yeah. very cool um it reminds me if you if you, unless you have anything else to say like i have the perfect segue to no no I, go topic. go 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 so i'm not going to bring this up after too much but related to dreams in the book i read around sleep they believe that um and I might not be fully remembering this perfectly, but REM sleep developed also with coming down uh, from living up in trees with primates because during REM sleep, your body gets paralyzed. So it's very dangerous to be like paralyzed up in a tree and Whoa. and not have like the functionality of like falling out. And so like the levels of sleep we developed came more intense as we became sort of like land dwelling. believe animals. we were in trees. It's so cool to be in a tree. Really? Are you kidding? I'm like, nothing about my life is like should be in a tree. <laughs> but like, if you had a tail, that'd be cool. So you like you think cool? I honestly think so unnatural. I'm like, how the hell was my common ancestor in nine tree? <laughs> Didn't you climb trees as a kid? Didn't you make tree forts and stuff? Uh, yeah, but nothing about no. it felt safe. I was always like <laughs> adrenaline junkie, like, oh my God, oh my God. And then I get down and be like, tit it, hoof. <laughs> like, I just like, I thought there'd be like, like there'd like be more, I guess people climb rocks. Like, I'm just like, I thought there'd be more in my life now, but like, yeah, I'm there's honestly, not many. We don't know many people who do that. 
what climb are on yeah but <laughs> but i feel as a kid and i i have an off- opposite experience of you i remember climbing trees and not being afraid now Whoa. i'm afraid of everything but at Whoa. the time i remember just being like climbing trees was so fun did you fall out of a tree to be scared of some of falling out? no i think you grow up you just become i just remember distinctly not thinking about it till i was older it's so cool that kids walk around and they're like i'm gonna climb that tree where like mm-hmm. it's like what a beautiful way of looking at life whereas i'm like that's a tree like i can't climb how I can't climb it. Well, our bodies also suck. Get old. Yeah. And it's apart. like <laughs> to lift yourself is way like remember being able to use the monkey bars? Yeah. I remember the age when I began being like, my arm so will get hard. sucked out of its socket if I do that. I was looking after my nephew again and was at a, <laughs> a, a at a playground and he was doing his thing and I was kinda left alone. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna like try out the monkey bars. I it's so hard. I honestly I almost started crying because I was like, I think that like my body is going to fall and my arms are going to be left there and we pull to the socket. Like blood's going to gush everywhere. And then I got really sad because I was like, am I like so weak? No, it's it's just like a body proportion thing. The bigger you get, the harder it is. I remember in grade school. My sockets are broken. Yeah, no, it's like painful to do now. (laughs) We used to have competitions of who could go across the uh, across the fastest. And I remember we would whip across and I never thought about my shoulders being like Like falling pulled out. Pulling out. I Whereas now I go limbs. on one or two and I'm like, my shoulder's going to pop. I never even <laughs> thought I had a socket. I was just like, they're I my know. arms and yeah. they connect to my body. And they no can't socket. fall off. <laughs> when was the first time? You so much for my segue. I'm like, we're going to. Oh, shit, shit, shit. We got to go. We got to go. Okay, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back for some dreams. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Study time. Study time. Study time. time. Ah, dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our dreamscape episode where we will put you to sleep and at rest do you dream Mitchell do you thine dream Mitchell imagine I actually said I've never dreamed ever what okay I, I, would, I, I would be so sad I bet you. there's some people that have never Not. dreamed have never okay 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 but like let's stay focused do you, you consider yourself someone who dreams you may say a I'm a dreamer but I'm not okay, the okay. only one. Uh, well, that was gorgeous. <laughs> I I wouldn't say I'm a heavy dreamer. I have had dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in quarantine, I think 
even in the last handful of months, and we might know why from one of our previous episodes, I've had more dreams than normal. Really? Okay. But I tend to remember them right when I wake up and only for about 10 minutes. And I know it's common to forget your dream. Yes. I don't know if it's so common in the sense that I will wake up and know the whole dream. And then by the time I go to the bathroom, I fully forget it. Every aspect. I think that's very relatable. Okay. So you feel that way too? I feel that way too. I did, um, you know, a really basic ass thing, which was like, <laughs> got a brand new moleskin. And I wrote on the cover of that moleskin, dream journal. And I put it beside my bed. And for one week, I woke up and, mm, I just, oh, the day. So I just went on a roller coaster. And I wrote out my you dreams. Would, you would write the full. And I was just like, I am going to lose a dream. That was four weeks ago. That was just something that did not stay. I, How long I, did you do it for? Like one week. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you just got bored of it, do you think? Or it's uh, so like much I work? do I now do morning pages. I also do twenty minutes of free writing <laughs> that I was just like by the t- I also do my journal of what happened in that day. Like again, this is very much pandemic energy. Once the, once we open up, girl, these I'm throwing these books into the street because I'm never gonna do this again. <laughs> but uh adding a dream journal on top of all that was too much. It was the first to go. That is a lot. And I, when I was younger, I wanted to lucid dream so bad. Have you lucid dreamed, first of all, period? No, I've <gasps> never been in control. <laughs> Shut up. <gasps> You're so annoying. <laughs> You've never lucid dreamed? You've okay. missed out. <laughs> so I have never lucid dreamed, which is when you're in a dream and you have control. And my study is all about this. Is it- and you have control over your dream. No, but have I had very extremely vivid dreams yes and in fact the dream journal was kind of crazy if you write your dreams out at the beginning i could i i actually would get to like four pages and be like i need to stop because it's just like so, so much wow. keeps coming up and then and then i actually would like in the day forget it like even though i'd written mm. it down you i'd could be like, go back what? and remember it and i would go read it and be like oh yeah but it wasn't a, it's still not as clear huh. but you're telling me yeah i'm so skeptical you, i'm like you're lying to me. you're telling me you've been in a dream and you've controlled thine dream yes and if you don't believe lying me that's your so freaking no. dentures this is so rude Greg. <laughs> I know, i'm, so I'm not lying okay tell you me you think i'm a person who would just make that up no you're not i'm just kidding i don't I'm just, believe I'm just in laughing a lot at of how things. you go from like i remember none of my dreams to all of a sudden being like and i control <laughs> them when in they're so distinct when it happens and so i i didn't go in trying like i wasn't aware that I was trying to lucid dream when it happened. I think those experiences prompted me to want to explore that more, but I'd say there's probably been three or four times in my life that I remember where I, in the dream, started to realize I was dreaming and started to control it. But in most cases, I woke up very shortly after. Because, And I've heard that's a common experience because mm. you get too excited. It gets like it gets overwhelming and then your body wakes itself oh, up yeah, because you're actually sure. like a heightened sense of I adrenaline. I sometimes have probably. those weird things where you wake up in a dream. Like you're like, Oh wow, I was dreaming. And then you like start living life and then you literally wake up and you're like, Whoa, like that a was dream so within real. a dream. A Inception. Dream. I dreamed a dream within a dream. Inception. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk about my study because it actually is so fascinating. It has to do with lucid dreaming. So these people are crazy in this study. I cannot believe how skilled, like it's okay. I just like, I can't get over this study. Okay. So they were trying to figure out if while dreaming that perceived reality was more similar to imagining something like when you're, when you're just like doing some work and then you're like, so now you know, I'm imagining myself winning an Oscar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if it's more similar to actually when you're awake and you walk down the street and you go to the store. So in your brain, when you're dreaming... Can you say that one more time for me? Sorry, I just want to like track it. So they're trying to figure out if it's 
more if dreaming yes. is more similar to which of the two in things? your if when you're dreaming your brain is acting more similarly to when you're imagining something like daydreaming is yeah that what you mean yeah. just kind of like thinking of a or, scenario or in trying your mind. to picture something in your head okay or actually doing something in real life and okay. like going to the convenience store and you're actually just walking to the convenience store as opposed got to it. thinking i'm going to the convenience store in my head got it which i was like that's a cool study yeah i'd never really thought like to differentiate that. that yeah yeah so the way that they did this is so fascinating so there's something called smooth pursuit eye eye movements which is when your eye can smoothly track something mm-hmm. and you can only really do that when you're looking at a real object if you try mm-hmm. to imagine yourself mm-hmm. looking at something and move your eye your eye will have mm-hmm. a really hard time not just bouncing all over the place like your eye is just like it needs to be looking at something in order yeah. to stay focused that is it. so interesting to think about do you ever do you ever as a kid look out the window of a car and try and like you have to like you can't it's so hard to Oh god that's like I honestly was like I'm gonna barf for pants. <laughs> but you can't look yeah, I yeah. think I've done that as a kid, try to smooth yeah. move and you realize your eye always is grabbing onto something yeah. every time it goes by the car. You yeah. can't just like unless you fully blur your eyes or like look really far in the distance, your eyes constantly grabbing something, grabbing something, grabbing yeah. something, grabbing something. Exactly. So if someone was like Imagine a ball going from the left of the room to this right and follow the ball with your eye. Imagining your eye will actually have a very hard time and it'll bounce around and it'll all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah. I'm actually focusing on that Manfrotto of- <laughs> like light in front of us. So so that's so cool. So they so smooth, smooth pursuit eye movements are a sign that you are experiencing something in quote unquote real life. Huh, okay. So what they freaking did is they got these skilled <laughs> lucid dreamers to go to sleep. And what they would be able to do in their dream is they would signal with, because they would have eye tracking devices on, they could signal in their dream with a left, right, left, right. They, they would go, okay, left, right, left, right, so that the, the researchers could get the exact time of where they are in their dream because they're so they're so aware in their dreams. They go like this, dee, 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 and then they start having a dream, and they start tracking them then when they get out of the dream they go what did you do like were you playing basketball and the people can tell them so clearly and then they study the eye movements after the left right left light and they see like are there any smooth pursuit eye movements here or is it all over the place and if it's all over the place it's probably more similar to imagining and they found there was like if the person was dreaming about like bird watching they would see smooth eye movements that kind of track someone looking at a bird that's freaky they found out that it is According to this study, it was only six people because not very many people can lucid dream this beautifully that they found out that it's more similar to a real life experience than your imaginary experiences when you're dreaming. Wow. I love it. I have so many also questions, but that is also like philosophical in a weird way. But I'm like, A, where do you find like expert lucid dreamers? I'm so fascinated. I want to be one. And I also am so curious how the study was like. Maybe they just put out a call for people who's yeah, for claim sure. that they like, can lucid I, dream. Like if you're listening to this, I'm please reach out to us about if you lucid dream and like your like skills for it. Cause I think we want to do another video on ASAP Science explaining it. But the way that they describe these people. And their ability to lucid dream was fascinating. And I think lucid dreamers are out there. And like they were, I was reading more, like there was like extra information. And these people are, it's a big part of their life. Like it's like they're, they're spending a lot of their life trying to do this craft. The fact that they could left, right, left, right. And then be like, okay, the researchers are going to study this part. And then like live in their dream is like, 
mind blowing. Yeah, that that is crazy to like be in someone's dream and know that they're consciously also aware while they're unconscious that they're I don't know that they're even being studied. It's weird levels of yeah what is existence. Yeah, it reminds me I once saw and I'm hopefully not gonna like butcher this. But there was a TikTok classic, but it was someone talking. <laughs> <laughs> I once saw this guys, profound a TikTok under <laughs> 60 seconds. It was someone explaining some, I think it was a Hindu philosophy around what, like who you are and what your conscious is. And it talked about how, I don't even know if I oh can say this. Oh my God, I lost it. <laughs> It's <laughs> so embarrassing. No, it was this idea of even when you're dreaming, you believe that is you. There is a sense of it yes. was like trying to separate like you always believe that's you. When you're dreaming, you yes. feel it's reality. Yes. You don't know it's not. Yes. But there's like it was trying to describe that in all of these realities. <laughs> this is a TikTok. I need to find it. How like the hell? no, no, sorry. sorry I'm just like this is like so oh, deep. I saved it. It was profound. I was like that. I honestly was like wait, wait, that. Okay, but I didn't was, let you finish. I didn't let you finish. Yeah, and I'm kind of don't want you to let me finish because I know I'm gonna ruin it. And I, you know, I'm just you know when you start something and I'm like I literally heard the most oh profound my thing. God. And now I imagine you woke up right now. And this was ew, all a dream. Ew, that's great. It was all a dream. I used to read word out loud. There's so many songs about dreams. I constantly think about that. What you're happening? Yes, and being like, wow, that I'm back in university. You don't have a podcast. I haven't met you yet. ASAP Science doesn't exist. And this is all. You constantly think about that? That's a thing I think about all the time. This is a lucid dream. (laughs) This is not a lucid dream. No, no, I know, but you think that this could be? Sometimes I I am like, when you die, this is also kind of what Inception is, is like at the end of your dream life, then you wake up and. Then you realize it was a dream. I iconically never understood Inception. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, when the when the when the spinning top didn't fall, like the like I remember in the theater, the person beside me was like, <gasps> "Wow!" And I was like, "Wait, what?" The Can we rewatch fuck it? Does I that love mean? Inception. Like when the, when the credits it. came after the spinning top not falling, I was like, "How's that? What does that mean? Is that the end?" I thought the, the only reason I was just like it was cool when like that like when the like room went sideways. <laughs> oh I'm like, my god! I like so that, nice. but I don't know what the hell we're doing here or what we're talking about. Uh, it was just to leave that question of did he ever get out? Is he still in that dream? World? Dreaming? Is this like a dream? Because you still don't until the all. I think you still don't see his kid's face, or you do at the end. Finally, I'm. I like Memento. I like Dunkirk. I like linear. Um, Christopher Nolan movies that one I was like he's trying really hard no Inception's <laughs> actually a really good movie. no I know it's really, it the number one most like loved movie I think time. it's a perfect example <laughs> of like a Hollywood huge budget action film also being kind of about interestingly like that one minute TikTok you watched yes <laughs> literally whereas his more recent one I'm forgetting the name right now Tenet that was a mess enjoyable <laughs> but absolutely a mess and i, I was that. truly sincerely realizing all the tropes in action <laughs> movies because when you don't understand the plot at all you suddenly realize oh clearly i'm supposed to be excited at this point and this is the turning point the i don't music. Dun, dun, yeah dun, dun, dun. i'd be like i don't know what's happening but i know the stakes are yeah. high <laughs> and then i'd be like i know now the twist is happening right now but i don't know what the twist is i love thinking about how the actors on that set probably wish they could wake up from a dream they're probably but, like are we gonna be in the first bomb flop of a movie I that is Tenet. What's his name? The young cute guy? 
Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. I think that he in an interview he was like, I I didn't understand it while we were filming. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the male bravado of Hollywood. Like, of course, there's just like this random dude who could like get like millions of dollars, use so much energy to make a story where everyone's like, does anyone get this? And there's like no one chimes in and is like, notes, honey, notes. <laughs> like, could someone? Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god, I uh, love that. Imagine a woman trying to make a movie like that. Uh, I'm sorry, but like, I there's so... injustices in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I To be fair My criticism of that Also comes with the appreciation That he's trying And I know There are lots of conversations Around Christopher Nolan Being like very pretentious And not very nice to work with Is what I've heard And it's like do but, it But, but don't I do want to so say money And like make or it Or do I'm glad he at least There's a lot of Giant Hollywood budget films That don't even try to push the yeah, boundary of anything. And I think once you read about it, you're like, this is an interesting concept. And he tried and I don't think it came together, but it was cool. And thank you for trying to do something different. And it failed. And I'd rather someone push and fail than just get the same cookie cutter movies over and over. Whoa, and over. we've got a so, uh, Christopher a Nolan stan. apologist I, over oh, here. Okay. I, whatever. You are a stan of him. I am. A so stan. it's like every single like white man <laughs> okay so what did you call me <laughs> yeah no like i am definitely the white man i'm trying so hard not to like inception so i don't be, seem basic i'm like actually as a white man don't even get it <laughs> um when i think about dreaming my most common like triggering dream is going up a roller coaster like spending a lot of day at a theme park going up i was obsessed with canada's wonderland it was like truly my joy like my mom would take me like once a year and I would like wouldn't be able to sleep before more important than Christmas morning in my opinion Aww, to go cute. to uh, like roller coasters like we're my freaking jam <laughs> and so a lot of my th are going up the roller coaster and right as I'm about to go down and enjoy the thrill that is thine roller coaster boom wake up oh so right, maybe that's the exciting thing. It's like when you realize you're lucid dreaming, and then your body gets too excited that it wakes itself. Oh, up. it's like it's like I literally, and then I piss, and then I piss the bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then I wet the bed. People do that too, like sleepwalking is so fascinating. I kind of wish now, like I have some things about why we dream, but I wish I looked into sleepwalking. I'm so fascinated by that because in REM sleep, your body typically is paralyzed, which is why some people wake up and have night terrors because they're still dreaming, but their body isn't working, so their eyes open, and I. We should talk about that. Actually. Once I went, my I was a, a camp counselor, and one of the kids got down from the bunk in the middle of the night. I, I they always made me in charge of like the littlest kids. I always thought it was like a little homophobic. I'm like, what? You don't think I can shoot this shit with thirteen year olds? I always had to be like, it's okay, little honey, and like deal with all the wet sleeping bags. Like, I was pissing their pants everywhere. They were all so cute. I actually really like loved it. But there was this kid, and he got down from the bunk. And it was just so off. Like, and I was just like, I don't know, like Charlie, like Charlie, like what's up? And he just like looked at me, and I was like, oh my god. And then he opened the door of the cabin and went outside. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, is he sick? Like what? And I was kind of like Charlie. Like I didn't want to like I don't know. It was really weird. I didn't figure out what was going. I was like, what are you doing? He walks around the cabin, starts walking towards the lake, and I was like, Charlie, Ew. Charlie. And then I just grabbed him, and then he like looked at me, and he was like, oh, what? And I was like. Oh my god! And I, and he was so young. I think he was like seven. What would I have happened if you weren't there? I, I, exactly. I didn't want to be like, um, oh, you were sleepwalking. I was like, oh, let's just go back in the cabin. He was like, oh yeah, we should go back in the cabin. And he went back in the cabin, went to bed, and I was just like, oh, from that point forward, I was like, we gotta keep an eye on Charlie. <laughs> you couldn't sleep ever again. Charlie's cursed. Oh okay. my gosh. Yeah. That's so scary. I have you ever sleep sleptwalked? No. Sleptwalked? No. Slept sleepwalked. Slept sleep. How do you say that? In no, the past never. Tense? I'm freaking out on that bed i have but never very far like i definitely have gotten out of my bed so <laughs> once gonna... you sat up and went the 
bus. Okay, I'm going to bring this up. So for especially in university and late high school, I had a lot of night terrors. It developed like in high school where I would wake up, often be paralyzed, see things in my room. And then for, you know, the 10 seconds, you have like a demon sit on your chest and you <gasps> wake up gasping for air and then everything's gone. Like but you're there. It's like painting the nightmare. With it it is. I think it's a really common experience. Uh, okay. So, but what I need the audience to diagnose me with something, or I want to know if other people have experienced this. So uh-huh. a lot of times with you, <laughs> even in the bed, I've woken up and I've, I've seen a bus in our room and I would be like, the bus, we have to get on the bus. But in my mind, like my eyes are open, we're in our room and I'm still dreaming. Um, and that's oh. one type of thing that happens Wait, where wow. I, it's not like I'm dreaming in a different world. I'm dreaming in our room. How do you know this, you're dreaming in our room? Because then when the moment it stops, the room is the same except for all the dream elements. True. And you, as we just found out in your brain, dreaming is more similar to reality than imagining. So it makes sense that you could just like be so real. Yeah. There. It just is like there's stuff in, the, and, it, and it used to be terrifying. Sometimes I would wake up and there would be spiders all over the wall. And then oh. I, I would be like freaking out and seeing them. And then eventually they just go away. It's like my brain was still that dreaming. So but my scary. eyes were open. Oh my God. It was the scariest thing. Um, Anyway, there's another kind of thing that, and I've heard a lot of people have that kind of experience, but okay. there's this other thing that happens to me and I'm like, is this, should I be sharing this with strangers? It's not weird or private, but I'm like, you know, when you're like, do I have a problem um, where I wake up, but I'm not awake, I'm dreaming Hi. and I start to engage and talk to inanimate objects either in the room or or I think I'm talking to someone in the basement. Sometimes I get up and stand up and talk. Wait, what basement? Like in our basement. I'll be upstairs (laughs) standing. Mitch, we don't have a basement. (laughs) (laughs) No, so it's like I am dreaming that this thing's happening and I don't realize it. And then in the morning I wake up and go, I remember getting up and thinking I was talking to the closet. Okay, but so it, you remember but it was, talking and, and, to the and random And it object. was visually the closet, but contextually to me... Is the closet me, like, hello there, Mitch. And then you, no, I love that you put clothes in I me. I don't see... There's it's, there's no movement because I'm actually seeing what I'm seeing. But, what, but when you're talking to it, what are you... Like, is there not like a plot behind I it? I don't know. It's so confusing. You know how dreams are so weird? It's like... There's no reason or rhyme. I'm not in this version. I'm not hallucinating anything. I'm just putting like an energy or a belief or an emotion into something and having an interaction with it. And sometimes wow. that thing is not in the room, but I'm somehow think I'm communicating to it. Wow. But it's like a weird dream state. And I'm so curious if anyone else experiences that. Where it's if Joseph almost- from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat <laughs> could reach out and diagnose the meaning of that one. Wait, why him? Because that's the plot of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, one of the best musicals of all time. He reads <laughs> dreams. Have you not r- oh, watched it? I know. I absolutely hate that musical. And that is one of the biggest issues in our relationship. <laughs> Maybe you're talking to your closet for something to do with gay reasons. No, it, I just it's said gay. the closet as an example. It could be a couch. It could be the dresser. It could be something else in the house. And I have not come across anyone else in my personal life that I've talked to about that that had that exact experience. But there must be other people that experience that. So reach that. on out if you also talk to your coach. We've gone on <laughs> lots of tangents. I'm going to bring up. Mine's not a study. It's called but, Side Note for a reason, hun. Don't oh, feel true. Shame. Oh, yeah. And actually, a lot of people have said nice things. They're like, I love when you go on the side notes and tangents. So, okay, here we are. You got your wish. Okay. <laughs> but I'm bringing it back to the science because I want to talk about why we dream and what they actually mean from a neurological perspective. And this is from some of the like, 
it's not a specific study, but this is from my sort of favorite sleep scientist, Matthew Walker. He has he's wrote with a book, Why We Sleep, which absolutely transformed my life. Ooh, really? Changed me. And I want to read it again. Yeah, it's just so fascinating. It's so interesting. He often says how sleep it's like we sleep for twelve hours. It if is, you're lucky. Sorry, I meant I the hell sleep for twelve hours. I didn't mean to say twelve hours. Oh. I meant to say whatever eight hours. But it's like such, even if you're lucky, well, it's such as humans and animals. Like Ernie sleeps way more. Than oh, that. I see. It's like we spend so much time sleeping. Why not learn so much about it? And it's like clearly insanely important if this evolutionary trait. Mm. It's like almost every. I think every organism on Earth has some form of sleep. And so it's it would be such a mistake because you're not only vulnerable, like you're you can't be eating, you can't be doing all these things yeah. while you're sleeping. So obviously there's such Something an really essential important. function to why we sleep. Yeah. Which is only really starting yeah. to be discovered now. And maybe I said this the other week. I only realized like MRIs and those kind of brain scans were really only developed in the nineties. And so the I, one good thing that came out of the freaking 90s. <laughs> So it's like we're really getting to see inside brains in a different way than we ever yeah. had before to be able to like scan them, see how blood's flowing, be able to pick up like the, the yeah. different waves that no, are coming that's off. That's true. It's such a vulnerable um, state. Of course, it's like super necessary. So let's just quickly talk about, you know, you have your different sleep stages. You have light sleep and then you slowly enter like stage two, which is another form of light sleep. And then there's deep sleep. And Wait, that's where isn't you that REM? Which no, REM? so REM is uh, like stage four and by that we mean rapid eye movement so rapid eye movement is when you dream but you have to go oh. through your light sleep stages and then you go through deep sleep which is sort of restorative and where a bunch of different other brain processes Whoa. happen so in deep sleep that's when you're um basically saving your memories is how they would say it it's like deep huh. sleep is consolidating the things that have just happened in your day and imprinting them into your brain cool. it, it strengthens memory so people who lack Deep sleep suffer from uh, memory disorders, perhaps, or like getting deep sleep is important for that. And okay. I have memory problems, so like, who knows? Um, You're spending too much time talking to your closet. You gotta get into the deep <laughs> sleep. Literally, I know. Uh, so then REM has been known. So this is when you dream. You only dream in REM sleep. Although sometimes I'm like, I swear I'm dreaming outside of that. Like sometimes I fall asleep instantly and feel like, like I'm when dreaming. you have like a cat nap. Yeah, I feel like they would often say it's, it takes too long for you to get to your dream stage. So I need to talk about sleep specialists. You're like this. Matthew Walker. We need I, to have a chat. <laughs> I have some corrections. Um, but REM and dream sleep, they believe, is for two specific reasons now. One, okay. it's tied to creativity huh. of the brain. And the second is a form of emotional aid. Interesting, right? Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> You're like you like you do a little mic drop right. with your hand. I'm like, um, okay, okay, okay. I thought they'd be less arbit like creativity to me as a so, word is yeah. so arbitrary. So let me explain the okay. creativity then. So um in the way that deep sleep forms your memories, the way that Dr. Walker explains explains this is that REM sleep is sort of informational alchemy. So it's when your brain starts making connections across different spaces. Okay. So in terms of creativity, it allows for you to think of things in different ways. It's often why people say sleep on your problems because when you yeah. sleep and go through REM, your brain is making literal connections. So it's not creativity. Huh. I mean, obviously it's linked to true creativity of being able to be artful and whatever, but yeah. creativity in solving math or science problems yeah. as well as to sleep on a problem your brain actually finds new ways to make connections that it does not make if you don't go through REM sleep. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it's kind of like 
I find when I'm trying to be creative, like if I'm painting or writing or doing something, it can be really hard when you try to force force yourself to be creative. It's like, it really is so annoying how like every like podcast where someone's like, they're like, how do you write your book? And they're like, well, you know, it just comes to you on a walk (laughs) or like everyone, everyone's moment of like, right. It's not necessarily when breakthroughs. It feels like it's maybe a little bit like, I don't know why I have to roll my eye at every common like pattern I see or hear, but it's like, I'm just critical of everything, but it feels like there's this idea that these things come when you're not actively forcing it. And I have found that in a frustrating way, like as someone who like schedule and things like when I schedule in free write for 20 minutes, like that's an active thing that like does something, but it's not in those moments that the creativity, it's like that kind of does something. And then later when I'm not thinking, it's like, I'm when? like whoa, mm-hmm. like, and I'm just like, okay, that's kind of when you say creativity and sleep, that makes sense to me. Cause you're, you're not forcing anything, but your brain is doing this thing and it's using all your mm. skills and your perceptions from the day. Yeah. To be I guess you could kind of relate it to <laughs> fitness in that, of course, when you're working out, you're building muscle, but it's actually outside of that time. That's why you need rest days between certain muscle groups because it's actually in the downtime that your muscles are creating and connecting new fibers and building up new muscle. So you're stimulating them, but then you actually need the other time to complete the cycle of what happens when you build a muscle. So in a similar way, REM is literally making all these associations and unique things that wouldn't have Mm -hmm. been obvious to you in your waking life that start to become more clear when when you sleep properly. Um, that's cool. So that's number one. So the second part, well, I also want to say interesting fact, only around 5% of dreams they've quantified are sort of reliving experiences of your actual life. Oh, really? So most of your dreams are much more, you know, I don't want to say metaphorical, but like, obviously we have weird I'm not dreams. at Canada's Wonderland when I'm on that roller coaster. I'm at a made up freaking Yeah, and it's probably when you start to put it together, it doesn't fully make sense, but it feels like it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And true, so true, true. what they see though in the other, you know, vast majority of dreams is that there's sort of a connective thread to the emotions and concerns of your life. I will say I have been dreaming so much about my friends and family more than ever because I'm like, I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah. You probably think, yeah, it's like you're, you're dealing with emotions. Yeah. In the past I would dream, I wouldn't dream as much about my friends and family because they were like a staple in my life. And I would dream about like, uh, I don't know why I can't get over theme parks, but like eating a funnel (laughs) cake (laughs) or just like, it would just be so like, like I just have so many dreams about my family. Like just like hanging out with them, mm-hmm. and just because I like miss them, I th- or I don't know. I'm and here I am becoming Joseph and the tasing uh, tas- Joseph and the taser and with the dream coat <laughs> myself. I I weirdly have not had really dreams of friends and family. I I feel like my dreams have been odd and weird and like like any that you can remember. Not like really chasing right dying. in this moment on the spot. I can't, but I just feel like I have been waking up and having very bizarre dreams, and then I forget mm. them. But I, in the moment, I'm like, that was weird. Like, yeah. what was that about? And so it kind of ties to this. It probably represents something. It's not like I'm working through a specific scenario, but maybe the emotions and concerns attached to the dream is what it... So this is what it has to do with mental aid or emotional health. Um, basically, noradrenaline is a chemical that is released in your brain that is similar to adrenaline in the rest of the body, but it is only not released at one time 
whether you're awake or sleeping, and that's in REM. So the oh. only time it's not cycling in your body is when you go into REM. Oh my sleep. god, that's so cool because noradrenaline is such a like specific like hormone, and it's like that. It does. Wow. And so as a result, brain imaging studies show that when you go into REM, you the emotional and memory parts of your brain start firing. But there's yeah. no noradrenaline. That's what I feel like sometimes when I'm like, Greg, have a creative thought for once in your goddamn freaking <laughs> life. It's like noradrenaline's firing in my brain. I'm like, I can't think of anything differently. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've got an idea. Maybe like the pandemic's hard. Like, it's just like, I can't think of anything. Uh, such a unique thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, like, maybe I should tweet for me some science that the pandemic seems hard on everyone. Uh huh. It's uh -huh. like, like, I'm like, noradrenaline, get out. It is. Yeah. It's just, and obviously you need these stress hormones. They're useful for many situations. Um, but the belief now is that mm. sleep is like a form of mental therapy. It basically allows you to relive emotions yeah. and scenarios oh, without without the stress hormones cycling yeah. at the same time. And that's as, so cool. And as a result, it's like a safe space with the emotion stripped so you can see it from an objective um, point. And then when you're back in your waking life, those emotions are not as stressful. And even <laughs> even scenarios that have happened to you that felt stressful before you remember them as stressful, but they don't have the same weight yeah. anymore. Know what? Dreams are a safe space. They are. Dreams are a safe space. Um, it's actually also really similar to, you know how there's MDMA therapies now where they, Oh, you bet I did. No, I'm kidding. I've <laughs> never like, done, have you done that. <laughs> and I haven't done MDMA in so long because if I had been in a pandemic at home, I just think that's not the best way. <laughs> um, so they, in trials, this isn't like a common right, accessible therapy, but they'll give someone MDMA and then try and go through hard, whether it be traumatic or just really difficult yeah, yeah, emotions, yeah. because you've sort of stripped, you're in a really different mental space, you're a positive away the mental stress. space. Yeah. The serotonin's and you can, flowing. You can objectively view that experience Ooh. in a positive light. And the theory is that that adapts your brain to not have so much stress around that scenario my trauma is that once i was late for a lord concert so i really oh think i God. need to like process Go that, that on MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> uh and this is why ptsd patients often um so they have too much noradrenaline that they continually want yes. to continually have dreams of their trauma and so that's actually one of the criteria. Bounced makes sense. So one of the criteria to be diagnosed with PTSD is recurring nightmares. And so the belief there is that there's too much noradrenaline. You're oh, wow. reliving the trauma and not getting that effect. So when of, you have REM sleep, even if it's a nightmare, nor, no noradrenaline? Um, that's based what, on, that, based what, on what I've heard and so read from Matthew uh, Walker. Um, obviously, <laughs> okay, obviously nightmares. with Matthew Walker. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed. Uh, I actually am obsessed. Is he hot? He's cute. Yeah. Well, if you got a good brain, that's all that matters. Exactly. He's got a really good For brain. those of you working on your summer body, it's like, well, you better be reading books at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, we also, you know, there's more than just the body. <laughs> I love how that's not good to Well, but I truly. mean, it's true. Mm -hmm. it Have you ever seen a hot person that's that's titillated yourself with the brain? It's rare. And when it happens, and that's an explosion of noradrenaline. It is an explosion of of. A, of Adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> and all, um, all of endorphins, the dopamine, serotonin, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, anyway, I just thought that kind of helps to explain why we dream and what they mean. Obviously, the context of your dreams can be very confusing, but they believe that the emotions you're experiencing are, is so your body. It's, it's therapy. Dreams are a form of therapy. I'm crying. 
<laughs> I thought my study was cool, but no, that's both so cool. Shit. I actually want to get back into trying to lucid dream. There, you're right. It's, it's so much work. work. <laughs> it's actually so much work, but it would be cool and fun. And why not have a second life? The way I do it is that I eat weed, and then when I don't eat weed, I lucid dream because that's just, that's a literal <laughs> symptom of what happened. But you said you haven't lucid dream. Sorry, you, I, you I vivid. Yeah, your sorry, sorry. Okay. I vivid dream. I vividly dream. Um, yeah, I, I guess I've, you're right. I've never lucid dreamed. I think that's part of it. Is that like I think if I had an experience of lucid dreaming, it would be easier for me to like find the time to do my dream journals because I'd be like, let me get. But I've never come close. I uh, I was gonna ask, do you have nightmares very often? Mm, not that often. And to be honest, I freaking love them because there's nothing better than waking up from a nightmare and, and then having reality be such a relief. <laughs> like usually it's like, I'm having a really amazing dream. I'm like hanging out with Robin. We're like listening to the song, <laughs> honey. And she's kind of looking at me uh, like, Greg, yeah. like, I really love your input on my next album. I'm like, wow, I'm like creatively helping Robin work on her next album. And then yeah. I wake up and I'm like in my bed so and I sad. don't know Robin. And I'm like, wow, this sucks. Yeah. That's Whereas true. like when I have a nightmare, <laughs> I like wake up and I'm just like, oh my God, thank God. So mm. often I have nightmares about being underprepared for an exam. That's true. So like so often it's like you didn't do your homework. You're going to an exam, like literally like a biochemistry mm -hmm. exam. I'm freaking out. I wake up. Oh, the sweet relief. I jump out of bed with a pep in the step. I skip to the shower. <laughs> I put it on cold instead of hot. And I'm just like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't even it have an exam. I haven't been in school in 10 freaking years, <laughs> hon. I'm blasting Britney first thing in the morning. <laughs> That's true. No, I, I didn't think of it that way because I don't like nightmares. And I thought it was psychotic of you to be like, nightmares are great. But you're right. The relief of a nightmare and the pain of a good dream ending can actually sometimes be really painful when you're, yeah. you, you mourn the loss of this I amazing experience. I swear to God, it's like there's been times in my perceived life on this earth where like Bjork has appreciated my opinion <laughs> on something like creative. Like that's a dream. That is Literally, dream. it was a only a dream and it's a true dream. <laughs> I feel that. Imagine Bjork cared about Mine are truly oh me God. being on Survivor and I wake up and then I'm like... <laughs> I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> That's so hard. But it was probably so fun while you were on Survivor in the dream. I know, but it's like I didn't get to go far enough because I didn't get to explore the dream till the end. It's That's so the sad. roller coaster of it all. I know. Uh, the roller coaster of life. Oh my I god. I so love dreams. That's badly. So cool. I'm gonna find it for you, Greg. Maybe in what? the next episode. That TikTok I was talking about actually was so profound. I love but I also love like I to not remember stop it. the tapes, everyone. I was, <laughs> I would love if you're like, I was reading like the captions on oh TikTok. My God. <laughs> uh, so that's the, whatever. It's life now. We're all we have been absolutely obliterated violently. That now one minute is our cutoff for attention. It's just the way the world is. And it, <laughs> I can't be that hard on myself. It's truly I only saw this thing for one minute once. Yeah, and you read books and you watch <laughs> long movies and don't go on your phone. I'm smart. <laughs> so it's like you have we have balance, but sometimes we do get sucked into Vounced app uh, in a horror, horror, horrifying way. I yes, will say TikTok great. is insane. We need to do an episode on TikTok actually. If you could have. I was trying to think of right, like, what? would you rather live what? in a perfect dream world okay. than regular life? 
Hell no. What? That there's uh, wait, I'm confused. Th- there's actually a beautiful this one I'll remember. I don't It's lots, a TikTok? No, no, no. This oh. is like Alan Watts, okay? okay? So there's a scenario he tries to paint that's like a famous I don't know if it's a Buddhist philosophy, but it's a story that someone tells where it's like if you could design your perfect dream okay. every night. Okay. And you would live a whole life what? in that dream. Okay. You would start to you would start by making it everything you ever wanted to do, right? You give yourself the perfect life. Okay. Over in this dream, you'd get all the success you want or money or just experiences and all that. And then you'd wake up yeah. and then you might do that for a while, but eventually you'd get bored of having the perfect life. So you'd start to give yourself dreams where there was a little more variability. You didn't always have yeah. control, where like things started I'm to I'm not go always wrong. going to the theme park yeah, and bored of the roller coaster. stakes of like some things don't work out in life. And if you keep following that line of thinking, you realize That's your right. perfect dream is your regular life. Okay. Like ultimately... Being yes. in a world where not everything yes. works out is kind of a beautiful thing yeah. oh, that we have nice. to appreciate. That's yeah. beautiful. But I will say my answer to the first question was like, I don't want to be in a dream. But, no. but what's the difference between a dream and reality? If you can't tell, you've sad dreams. Most no, sorry. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be. My instinct is to be like, I don't want to be in a perfect dream. Ew, state. what if it is a dream? But if it's a dream, it's my dream. And then it's like, I shouldn't even ask you the question. You know? Yeah, like, honey, girl, it's I'm the main character. Ew, You're but you in ever... my dream, bitch. <laughs> I hate that. That actually messes with my brain. You're in my freaking dream, because, bitch. Because I know, I know it can't be your dream because I know I'm here. Yeah, but I know that you're just saying that because you're in my dream and you're just like making that up. And likewise, you're just <laughs> saying that now. So ah! I have to reconcile with are you real or are you a dream? This is what I mean. I think about this all the so time. So people listening to this podcast, are they real? No. <laughs> no. I'm the only real one. Whoever's listening to this, <laughs> whoever's listening to this is a part of my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but then they wouldn't have any consciousness, so you don't even need to say that. Everything is only centered around True. you. Unless it's not a dream True. and then, then we're all just here. True. True. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, let's make sure you subscribe to <laughs> <laughs> Side Note by okay, yeah. Aesop Science. We'll, we'll and end you can the podcast also now, honestly. Comment down below. Okay, yeah, we got to know how has anyone feel. had those weird <laughs> dreams that I've had? What kind of dreaming do you do? What do you take from your dreams? I know there are, and this is not super sciencey, but there's lots of people who interpret dreams in different ways to mean certain things. And I don't, I, obviously, people take that extreme length of like believing. Like things that will happen in the future, but there are other people that use their dreams even to kind of almost as a form of active therapy to think about well, what is my brain, go. or or to use it as a form of valid. almost the way people use astrology to like yeah. kind of to ask themselves questions about their yeah. lives, think about their lives, and yeah. I, I'd be interested to know how people. I find that fascinating. I know we're tend to we are these kind of like science minded people, and I think about it from like a neurological perspective. But it, I do still get curious and fascinated in the same way I'm curious and fascinated by aliens. Uh, and these ideas of like someone did tarot cards for me one time and I was like, that was real. Um, <laughs> sometimes when people like explain dreams, I'm like, ooh, okay, tell me what my dreams mean. Um, so I can appreciate that even though I know there isn't much science to really like support it. But that doesn't mean it's not real necessarily. So, <laughs> yeah. So subscribe to Sign Up My Science and reach out to Mitch with some dream reading. And look forward to our episode on tarot cards where I- we will have Okay. See ya. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.